0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, October the 11th. And welcome to our commentary. Let me begin by congratulating the Texas Rangers for winning uh, the division series. And this, of course, sets them up for a potential uh, American League pennant, uh, whoever they're going to play, either Minnesota or Houston. We'll know that in the next couple of days. But I think what makes these Texas Rangers so, so interesting Uh, is how they have gotten here and how exciting they have been and all the ups and downs. I mean, you had to be – if you were going to follow the Rangers this year, you know, you have to be checking your blood pressure constantly because this is a team that was on the brink of collapse several times, and, you know, they would win eight games, lose eight games. They were very streaky, especially in the second half when they had a lot of injuries. But here they are. Here they are. Uh, They swept – the Blue Jays, they swept the Orioles. They've won five in a row in the postseason. And now we will see who we play against, either Minnesota or Houston. I would love to see Houston again, but you know that's my own personal choice, I guess. But uh, obviously, Minnesota will have something to say about that uh, in their series against Houston. But I just think they were a very exciting team to watch. And uh, maybe, maybe... Uh, A lot of other teams will will get the right message out of the Rangers. But I think one of the messages out of the Rangers, if you're one of the other teams trying to put together a winning team, I think that if you go out and get an old school manager, a manager who has actually been through the wars, uh, someone who has won a lot of games, who's lost a lot of games, who's been around for a long time, kind of an old school manager. That's what Bruce Bocce is. And I think that if you go out and find somebody like that, it may be good. It may be good for some of the younger players to have that stabilizing influence um, of a more veteran manager. Again, it doesn't always work this way, but it certainly did here. And I congratulate all the Rangers. It's just been an exciting last two weeks. That's all I can tell you. It's been it just, you know, you're all caught up in baseball. And that's a and that's a wonderful thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the world today, because, you know, we got to start, of course, with the chaos and the terror in Israel. Look, it's a very complicated problem over there. Uh, it's not something that you can explain easily. There's a lot of history there. It goes back many, many years. But no matter how you look at it, here are the things that I believe in. Number one, if you're out there killing babies, and if you're out there killing innocent people on purpose, you're not going to get my support. I don't care what their cause is. I don't care... You know what they tell us about all the injustice that has been done to them if you're out there killing babies and innocent people on purpose you're not going to get my support that's all i can tell you and i think that's a uh, that's one of the reasons why i'm so disappointed with so many democrats who continue to somehow support this and you know they they simply cannot come on television and say yes i support the cause of Palestine, but i'm not going to support people who kill babies Somehow, you know, there's a lot of Democrats who are missing in action here, and that's a very bad thing. And the president of the United States, who's a Democrat, should be confronted about this. It is people in his party who are exhibiting the worst kinds of attitudes about Israel. And another thing I want to say about Israel, whether you love or hate them, I, you know, I, I like Israel. I think it, it is a magnificent country. It is also a democracy. It is a country that uh, tolerates, for example, for women to go to school and get an education. It's a very nice country in that region. And, you know, they're under attack constantly. So you have to understand their desire to want to defend themselves. So uh, I support Israel. That's all I can tell you, because I will not stand with people who kill babies and who murder families on purpose. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, that's what happens in war. Yes, uh, when you have a war, you're going to kill civilians. But what we're seeing in, in, in here in Israel in the last couple of days or so, that's not a war. Those are terrorist activities. Those are terrorists, terrorizing people. And that's something that I simply cannot support. So I think the whole world has to rally against those tactics. Again, the question of Israel and Palestine, that's a more complicated question. And I, I think people can have honest disagreements on that. But not when you're killing babies and you're killing families. That's where you have to, where you have to draw the, the line. Of course, one of the most disappointing things in all of this is the lack of leadership from President uh, Biden. He gave that, uh, I guess it was a speech uh, yesterday about Israel. Didn't say anything about Iran. Didn't say anything about bringing back those six billion dollars. Apparently, the money has not actually been given to Iran yet. It is apparently sitting, as I understand, sitting in a bank account somewhere. So the money has not actually gone to Iran. But the optics of this were so bad to have you know the United States give $6 billion to Iran. And then two weeks later, you have an attack like this. I mean, uh, not uh, not good, not a good optic, as they like to say. And for the president to not mention Iran during his conversation or that little speech that he gave, that's very disappointing because I think Iran is uh, the key player here in that region. And until you do something about Iran, and I'm not necessarily saying a military attack, but until you can somehow have a regime in Iran that wants to coexist with its neighbors, this is never going to go away. This is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, As long as you have a regime that wants to destroy another neighbor, that's going to make the neighborhood very risky and very scary, which is what happens uh, in the Middle East uh, right now. So we pray. We pray for a solution. But uh, believe me, I support Israel's right to self-defense. They have a right to defend themselves, especially after the kinds of attacks uh, that they uh, that they have seen. And I wish we had a stronger president. I just wish we did. I wish we had a stronger president who projects the kind of confidence that unfortunately President Biden doesn't project. That's all I can I can tell you. Well, I understand that uh, we're going to be having a speaker here or a vote for a speaker in the house soon. We need a speaker. I, I honestly as I've said in in a previous commentary, I in a previous uh, commentary I think that the whole removal of McCarthy and the way it was done is pretty stupid. So we need a speaker. We need to have somebody in that chair because there's important things that have to be done and nothing can happen without the speaker. So I don't really care who the speaker is, whether it's Scalise or Jordan. I like both of them. I think they're both capable men. It looks from the news today like Scalise is going to be the one, and that's the case. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Let's make him the speaker, and let's go with it. But uh, we need. To, there's some serious things that have to be done, and you cannot do them unless you have a speaker uh, on that chair uh, in a position to, uh, to do it. One bit of bad news that uh, came out today out of the economy is that wholesale prices went up in September. You know, so remember that the next time they tell you that inflation is under control. Wholesale prices went up a little bit uh, to their highest level, I think, in a few months. And that's not good. That's not good because what happens at the wholesale level eventually shows up at the retail level. And the retail level, of course, is where most of us live. That's where we buy gasoline and food and everything else. So the fact that wholesale prices went up unexpectedly, as they like to say, um, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. And that's, you know, it's interesting because if you read the report, a lot of it was driven by gasoline prices and uh what a shock that is uh gasoline prices now they're coming down a little bit around here uh you know they got up to 349 and now they're down to about three dollars but still that that's a lot of money that's a big when you pay three dollars a gallon that is really a hit on the on the family budget so you know i keep saying that we have got to control the inflation I believe that one of the best ways to control inflation. I know that government spending is a factor, and I know that the, the war in Ukraine drove up the price of gas. I get all of that, but if you really want to bring down inflation, you've got to pump enough oil so that we flood the market with oil, so that we bring down the price of gasoline. You bring down the price of gasoline to where it was when President Trump left the White House, which is two dollars. You. You have prices like that and you're going to see a big change in the inflation especially the inflationary expectations another thing too what's happening in the middle east right now is probably not helping the price of oil i understand that it's going up a little bit so if that situation in the middle east gets out of hand or gets further out of hand that could have an impact a devastating impact on on the price of on the price of oil Well, on this day in history, let me leave you with a little story. It was on this day in 1975. I wonder how many of you remember 1975. I do. And it was on this day that a program called Saturday Night Live went on the air on NBC. And it became one of the greatest programs on television. It was at 1030 Central Time on Saturday nights. It was usually an hour or an hour and a half. And it was, you know, live comedy by some of the funniest people in the planet. And, you know, characters like Belushi and Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd came out of the program. Gilda, remember Gilda? I think she passed away a few years ago. And, uh, you know, Jane uh, Curtin, I think was her name. Lots of great, great comedians that were on that show who made that Saturday night show absolutely funny every single Saturday night. Now, I couldn't watch all of them, but a lot of times I would tape them, my VHSs. We used to call it back then. And it it was just great. It was just great comedy. It's not that good anymore. It's not that good anymore. And comedy isn't just for some crazy reason. People, you cannot have good comedy when everybody is woke. I'm sorry. Woke destroys comedy. And uh, Saturday Night Live, when they first came out, they were funny. Not like now, where everything is woke and nothing is funny anymore. So we miss the old uh, Saturday Night Live, but we do wish Chevy Chase and many of those people, Dan Aykroyd, uh, people like that who are still around, uh, we thank them and wish them a happy number, this would be happy number 48 to Saturday Night Live. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. I'll talk to you later.